0: Welcome to the 7 Investing Podcast. My name, of course, is Daniel Klein. Uh, I'm being joined today by Gary Devenor, the CEO of ReAlpha. That may not be a company you've ever heard of, but I'll I'll give you their description. They're a real estate investing startup that is looking to democratize the $1.2 trillion short-term rental market uh, and create accessible investing opportunities for Main Street. Gary, welcome to the 7 Investing Podcast. Hi, Dan. Thank you very much for your intro. Very excited to have you here because uh, as fans of the show, uh, people who watch us at 7investing know uh, now know it's been a very strange time for real estate. We've seen uh, values where I live in West Palm Beach for single family homes roughly double Uh, I saw my brother who was living in Miami for much of the pandemic have to move like every two weeks because he couldn't find a short-term rental. He was in and out of corporate housing and hotels. Uh, It has been a very strange time. We're going to get to the real estate market. But before we do that, I think it's really important to establish what ReAlpha does and sort of what your logic was, you know, in creating the company. All right. So a quick intro about myself. So that gives
1: you the context. I've been a tech guy uh, this is my sixth startup. I've been through you know multiple different kinds of tech. Uh, my previous company, I took it from zero to 50 million dollar revenue in under four years. We got listed on NASDAQ. After I rang the bell, I said, I'm gonna do something else. <laughs> Before that, I had done a, a thousand plus people tech company between Bay Area and Bangalore in India. Um, so you know tech has been my passion all my life. So after I rang the bell on NASDAQ, I, I thought I'm going to do something else, right? So I decided to move to Columbus, Ohio uh, from Princeton. I used to live in Princeton uh, because of COVID. I, I said, I'm going to not go elsewhere. Uh, I moved here. And then you know when I was thinking about what to do next, one of my friends, she called me from Princeton. She was trying to buy an investment property like you. Uh, that was a $400,000 home. Uh, so you know, like banks were expecting her to put 25%, which is $100,000 down, she did not have the 100000 So she called me saying, Giri, can you, you know, like, either give me $100,000 <laughs> or give me, uh, I mean, find a solution. So I wore my tech hat and I said, I'm going to try and solve it through tech, right? That is the origin of uh, re alpha. Re alpha means reimagining alpha. Uh, alpha is the yield, all your uh, listeners know. How do you beat that, right? That's the you know, uh, thesis of al- uh, re-alpha. So far, we have figured out four alphas. I will talk you know, more about those as we move forward.
0: Sure, absolutely. So you're using uh, what's called Reg A or Regulation A financing. It's a different way to purchase anything. Why don't you explain it a little bit? Because that's not one I was that familiar with. I think I've probably done shows on it before, but it was not one that popped up into the top of my head here.
1: So, you know, like in 2015, uh, Jobs Act was uh, passed. And, you know, like when the Jobs Act was passed by the Congress, uh, what uh, the writers of that uh, regulation did was to allow unaccredited investors to get into uh, fast-growing companies in the good old days if you wanted to invest let's say uh, in airbnb itself you know which you are a user as well as uh, an investor right so you know like if you wanted to get in when they were an early stage company you had no choice either you had to be a vc or had connections and stuff like that what regulation a has done is it has removed that barrier you can enter into you know like early stage you know highly promising companies at the ground floor level, not at the IPO, which is the hundredth floor level.
0: <laughs> so, people who are investing, are they buying shares of individual properties? Are they buying shares of the company? Uh, give me a little more detail here.
1: So, through the Regulation A, you will be, you know, ent- buying into all the properties. So, you know, you are buying in the equity of the company. But you know, like if you are coming in at a property level, then you know you'll be investing in only
0: that property. So you can sort of do either. Like you could. You could invest in a property, you could invest in the company. And if you invest in the property, are multiple people investing in each property uh, and they have some ownership rights, right? So, you know, like our core mission
1: of RealFall is to democratize Airbnb type, you know, short-term rental investment. So in order to do that, what we are doing is we are allowing people to invest in all the properties where they don't have to take the risk of one property, it's like a portfolio theory right So you know you bring you know at a portfolio level or you come in at one property level wherein you know like you can own up to twelve and a quarter percent for as low as2500 2500 dollars. So we have brought it down to that level but our mission is to eventually figure out how do we make our community members to come in at as as low as zero investment kind of That's our core mission. We haven't come there yet but
0: you know we are coming there soon. I feel like you want to ask for a few dollars. That zero is probably probably a little a little too low. But I, I understand the concept. Hey, a- you
1: know, like, uh, what has surprised me is when I was digging into that data, uh, more than 60% of Americans don't have $5,000 in their bank account to you know handle emergencies. How do we enable such kind of you know large population? who have no access to buying properties, investing properties, etc. how do you help them create assets?
0: That's our mission. So, so that's our mission as well. That is a very complimentary. So what we're trying to do at Seven Investing is bring investing knowledge to people who might not think, you could invest now because of uh, no commission trading, because of fractional shares, you could put $5 a week in an investing account and get to see, I, I have my son who has his first job, he's 17 years old, put 30% of his paycheck into a stockpile account, which is a brokerage account. And he just started working. And when he gets home today or tomorrow, we're going to go through and pick, okay, I want to own a little piece of Amazon. I want to own a little, whatever it is, whatever companies, you know, I'll steer him away from ones that are companies he likes that maybe aren't good investments, but we'll go through that process. And what's neat about it and what we try to do at Seven Investing is show you that if you can have that, so you're doing that on a real estate level. I know how difficult it is to buy real estate. I, I, I've been self-employed for a decade. That adds a certain added level of complexity. And to buy our property, we actually sold our principal residence, which didn't work for us during the pandemic, and bought a property for cash. So let's talk about the market right now. The reason I tell that story is you cannot buy a short-term rental property in the under $300,000 category in the Orlando area if you don't have cash. So that takes something that's already a small market and makes it a very small market. How do you identify you know, value? And you know, we're, we're, the property we purchased three months ago is worth $60,000 more based on what's being sold in a day now. So how as a company are you sort of using technology to figure out what to buy? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, like, again, you know, uh, I was not aware of the wholesale market, et cetera, you know, before I got into Realpha, And then, you know, we discovered our co-founder, Monaz, uh, she has done hundreds of properties herself. So, you know, she brings that in-depth knowledge of uh, the industry. Our chairman, you know, he has done thousands of uh, properties, Brent Crawford. So between their teams, we have large institutional knowledge of how to buy those kind of properties. From a pure tech perspective, what we do Dan, is uh, we have built an AI platform. We call it as Rialpha Brain. So how do you? Uh, so what we do is we bring in hundreds of property data into uh, Brain, and then pick and choose the right ones from an Airbnb viability perspective. So what happens is most of the people, even the ones who have the ability to buy such kind of properties they go and make very subjective decisions, <laughs> right? So you know, buy and sell, in our mind, if it is an investment property, you should not make it based on, oh, I like the neighborhood or I like the property and then just buy it. We believe that it has to be systematic, technology-driven, unemotional decision so that you don't burn your fingers, right? I have met you know, a bunch of my friends, oh, I like this neighborhood and buy a property and then get started. And then, you know, like Airbnb viability will not be there. And hence, they end up pumping in monthly money monthly, you know, month after month at times, right? So, what we have done is there are 29 elements that our algorithm now looks at it. Uh, Like, what is the neighborhood, you know, school rating? What is the uh, crime rate? How far is it from a Starbucks? And, you know, you're drinking coffee. uh, That reminded me. So, you know, like, Elements like that, all of them will be analyzed by our system, and then it generates what we call as real first score.
0: That is what is used to buy such kind of properties. So so I am drinking vodka, by the way. No, I am kidding. I am am drinking water in my mug here. It is too late in the day for coffee. But I will say that the factors you just listed are all factors I personally used. How far is a Starbucks is absolutely (laughs) one of the things. so I didn't use tech, but I made a spreadsheet of things I want, but it was emotional because we use our property. So yes, it is a rental. Ideally, I will make money on it over the course of the year. And I will, because it's rented out for most of the winter to some snowbirds. Uh, but my it had to work for me as well. So are you going to get a better deal because you can sort of divorce yourself from the you know the yeah. things like... We didn't like the couches, and that was like an absolute factor, and we've since replaced them. But you don't have to think about that, right, if if you're pulling in the data and the the rental track record. See, you know, like, again, you know, see, if you have to, you know, go to 100 properties and visit
1: and then make a decision, you will not be able to, you know, decide on a property. (laughs) Most people will uh, reach the fatigue level after 10 or 15 properties ability to analyze hundreds of properties within a minute within a few seconds is what which will you know separate us from the uh, crowd of buyers right there is you know a large number of uh, people so we what we have done is when we you know work with our uh, community members to you know buy those kind of properties once we buy it we allow our community members to stay in those properties as well because we our financial model we assume 65% occupancy rate and 35%, we are giving it to our members to, you know, either they themselves can use it or give it to their friends and family so that people can go and stay there.
0: A, a similar model to what we use in terms of yeah. le- letting friends and family stay, though I have to we say- We are doing, doing it a large scale. Yeah, and uh, so when you purchase a product, a, a property. We we both know prices have been escalating, especially now. This mar- market in Florida is obviously not unique. We're seeing prices go up in okay. many tourism areas. But when you're buying, does a higher price just change the payback terms and not necessarily uh, impact whether or not you should buy it? Because for me, there's a hard dollar figure that's all I have. For you, if you spend two eighty versus two sixty, does that just extend your payback by four months or whatever the the number is? Yeah. So you know, like again, you know, uh, I have a uh, you know uh, very simple mantra
1: that you use. I am always long on America. You know, you should be always long on America, right? So American economy it goes ups and downs. We, you and I are old enough to have seen, you know, uh, a couple of crashes in our uh, career. What I believe is, yes, you know, like it's little exuberated at this point in time, but is it you know going to crash like the 2008 i don't believe so because the uh, the systems and the the regulations that came in after the 2008 uh, you know crash they protect you know the banks etc i mean getting a bank loan is you know almost as hard as you know pulling your teeth you know kind of situation right so what we believe is the market is slightly overheated Not denying it, but if you take a long-term view, you know, ten years, twenty years kind of view, this will get adjusted over a longer period of time. But again, I'm very long on America in the long term, and I'm not going to get worried. You know, what is going to happen to you know X number of properties in the next three months, six months, maybe even a year? No, no, you should take a long-term investment approach.
0: No, I I fully agree with you. We we see people make that comparison, and in two thousand seven. I did a no-doc stated income loan with a builder at a time that I owned another property and and I was intending to sell it, but it was not contingent. That was way more money than anyone should have been loaning me at that time. Whereas now where I have a very stable track record as a homeowner, a nice bank account, a a good income, I've lined up a mortgage to buy a house, but I had to do a bank bank statement. It, It is a broken System, but it is much more difficult. And we also have real population shift. And, and I think that's that's important to note. People buying houses they couldn't afford is very different than someone selling their very expensive New York home. At which point, what you spend in Florida almost doesn't matter. We 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 sold our our, our principal condo to someone in New Jersey. And I'm not entirely sure if they paid a hundred grand more, it would have been that big a difference when they were likely moving from something very expensive. That's me talking way too much, but I think it's important to point out to the viewer that much like we talk about how the tech crash of the nineties the was advertising related, there wasn't any, uh, okay. and there wasn't cloud computing that this is very, very different. But so how, how do you approach, is it geographic diversity? Cause I know that my property was booked for all of July and does not have a booking now until November. Now, likely it will book up for for Thanksgiving and Christmas and I have a very low cost, so it's not that important. But if you have like a market like Florida, which right now is stalled out a little bit for the reasons that are obvious uh, that we don't talk about that much, um, how do you deal with that? Like, how as a company do do you sort of uh, bake in that happening?
1: yeah so you know like again you know uh, when we you know analyze a market we look at both macro and micro level details so you know macro is how is the overall real estate behaving versus you know like uh, short term rental what is the demand supply etc there are multiple elements that go into that kind of decision making at a property level it's very local right you know like what is the short term rental regulation in that market you know like it varies town to town at times right uh, again in, in your state florida uh, florida supreme court has to take a call because you know some cities have gone fully in favor some cities have gone against it etc these kind of you know tussle will always happen see you and i have seen how uber was eventually you know in the uh, uh, what in 2011 12 etc most cities banned uber because of the pressure from the taxi medallion lobby right in new york you know they couldn't enter certain uh, streets eventually what happens is the consumer demand which will you know like eventually make the politicians to come around and the regulations to get formed in the right way for example you know you are in orlando area uh, where Uh, Kissimmee is a big market, right? You know, there are 44,000 short-term rental homes. So like that, every market will have its own
0: ups and downs. Whereas Celebration next door has exactly one building that that has uh, short-term rentals. And here in West Palm Beach, um, it's not that common. My previous building had a significant problem with illegal Airbnbs, but you could legally rent your unit up to 12 times a year. It just had to be for a month. So you could creatively get around some of the rules. But yeah, so at, as a company, are you, are you lobbying? Are you working with Airbnb? Because it, it can be a challenge when you buy an Airbnb in a market where the rules change, right? Yeah. See, you know, like what I believe will happen is nobody can retrospectively
1: change the law. Uh, US laws are you know, fairly open if somebody owns a property, technically they can do whatever they want. Uh, So Dallas did a very interesting uh, twist to the story. They said, doesn't matter if you are using it for Airbnb or anything like that, pay a 7% tax, like a hotel kind of tax, right? I believe more and more markets will eventually emerge into that mode, wherein just the way uh, if you are running a Uber, you will end up paying some kind of tax same stuff will happen on uh, Airbnb, and you know, it'll be like any other commercial venture, right?
0: So once you buy the property, I assume there is some level of going in and painting and redoing. Are you then actually managing the property, or are you working with management companies?
1: Yeah. So you know, right now we are working with a few management companies, but you know, our core mission is to you know empower everybody, right? So you know, what we are doing is we are creating a fund called reimagine fund wherein we will be leveraging uh, workforce opportunities services etc to allow underserved communities in the markets that we serve uh, people who did not have a shot at entrepreneurship we are going to give them the first contract and some capital to start their venture so that you know they can help us in the entire property management process so uh, I mean, I came to this country with $65. I believe, you know, like if somebody can get a, a, a small contract and a little bit of capital, they can build their own enterprise. So while we are scaling up, we want to help at least a few hundred, maybe a, a few thousand micro enterprise entrepreneurs to build their businesses.
0: That's really exciting. Actually, the maintenance company at uh, that, that's contracted to our property is that type of grounds up, you know, sort of story? Just like someone with a hammer who started doing handiwork that now has a company with multiple employees. So, committing to doing something like that, I think, is really, really, really encouraging. Uh, do you see yourself as a U.S.-based company, or is this exportable to other other markets eventually?
1: Yeah, right now we are a very U.S.-centric company. Even though our uh, technology, marketing, etc., you know, like we have experts from 14 different countries now. Uh, So, you know, like, it's been an amazing uh, growth story. Uh, What we believe is Airbnb is operational in 220 countries. So our market is as big as that. It's a $1.2 trillion market. So, you know, we can go to any country that, you know, we think is appropriate for our
0: our, uh, stakeholders. So if I invest, how do I cash out? You know, let's say I put my money in, and I'm 47 years old. So 25 years from now, I decide I want to, you know, retire and cash in some of my investments. How do I do that in this sort of setup? So you know, like uh, initially, you will be investing in
1: uh, through the Regulation A Reg A shares. Uh, we are, you know, launching it on our website very soon. In the, I mean, we got the SEC clearance now. You know, we are waiting for the last filing, etc. Once that is done. You will be legally officially allowed to invest, so you can right now uh, go to realfa.com and you know like uh, join our wait list. and then you know eventually when the SEC lifts the curtain, we will be allowed to you know take the investment. And at an appropriate time, very quickly, we believe that you know we will be you know getting onto some of the main stock exchanges. Uh, I have had the experience; my our management team had the experience of taking companies public. At that time, you know, like you will have the ability to trade as well. Uh, we are also considering uh, the regulation A shares itself to be listed on secondary ATS. That's what is called as alternative trading systems. So, you know, we are going to list on them as well.
0: So, are you at the point it goes public, going to move on to the next thing? I, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's important for people to know if you know. Maybe we should keep you away from ringing the bell. Like, is, oh, But is, is this, are you here for a while? Are there people?
1: Yeah. See, the- yeah. so, you know, like uh, I have taken a very long call on this. As I told you, I've taken a long call on America. So, you know, this is going to be a much longer. See, last time, you know, it was a, I wanted to ring the bell kind of bucket list item kind of stuff, <laughs> uh, but now, you know, like, I believe that, you know, we can truly create uh, great opportunities our mission statement is: We empower people to invest in real. See, you know, like uh, in the last, you know, twenty-four months, thirty-six months, you have been seeing the younger generation to invest in, you know, just digital and you know all the GameStop and variety of things. Uh, I've heard on your, uh, you know, video, uh, etc. How you know, like people, you know, have made only one kind of investment. We believe that you know we should empower people to invest in real we call it as invest in real people, uh, real assets and real moments, right? So, you know, we think that, you know, like if we can help at least another thousand micro entrepreneurs to emerge out of our ecosystem, that will be a great day for me. I think this is going to be my last innings before, you know, maybe I'll
0: work with you. <laughs> well, do you think, and, and, cause I, I do think there, they're, you know, as I said before, we, we have kind of the same mission, just we're approaching it from investing. And on one hand, that whole like, everyone can buy stocks because of Robinhood was good. On the other hand, you don't want people to think, hey, I buy a stock on Monday and I sell it on Wednesday and I made a bunch or I lost a bunch of money because the one thing we preach is that as an individual investor, you have time on your side. If you buy good companies, and that's largely true with real estate. A lot of people you know, in the investing world will say, well, your home's not an investment. And to a point it's not because you live there, on the other hand, it's also something you pay down the balance of that if you live in a market that's stable, even if it's not worth astronomically more, you are. it's a piggyback. You, it is an investment. How do you sort of change the national discussion on investment? There, there's no education in schools. There's no discussion. You don't even learn how to open a checking account, let alone how to open a brokerage account or the benefits of buying real estate at a relatively young age? Like, how do we change that conversation? Yeah. See, you know,
1: like, again, you know, uh, what has happened is uh, the younger generation, especially, and even actually in like middle-aged guys don't even know the value of, you know, compounding and, you know, its growth, right? So we believe that, you know, if we can correctly show them that, hey, invest in a property, but you can also go and stay in that property. That's why, you know, like we are taking only 65% to, you know, be rented and 35%. So, you know, like people will have a pride that I own a vacation home, right? (laughs) We want to bet on that and push that. And then, you know, like uh, we want to, you know, make sure that you earn the Airbnb revenue, get some, you know, like quarterly dividend, and then you can also go and stay in your own property, right? We believe that, you know, if we can push that, not only equity ownership, you need to take long-term view on your assets that you are creating.
0: And will you have financial disclosures, you know, similar to a publicly traded company?
1: Yes. So, you know, like uh, with the regulation A, it's almost like a public company, not as rigorous as a public company. I've been through, you know, taking a company to NASDAQ, that journey, uh, going through the S1 and, you know, like quarterly reports, et cetera. Here, you know, it will be half yearly reports instead of quarterly reports.
0: Uh, Gary Devenor, thank you for doing this. This is a company we're going to follow because it's a market that's developing. Uh, I didn't even know short-term rentals was a thing until relatively, you know, until moving to Florida because it's it's not a thing where I grew up in New England except for like ski homes and things like that. So this is a company we're going to keep an eye on. Thank you for doing this. Regulation A is something that also is going to be a big topic for us. Uh, I I will thank your publicity person, uh, Courtney, for setting this up because she always knows the most interesting people I'm going to want to talk to. So that is the Seven Investing podcast. Uh, We will see you in a couple of days. We do this every Tuesday and every Thursday. We are Seven Investing, empowering you to invest in your future.
1: Thank you very much.